The following is a CA original. Pouncer, the Palm Squad. Pre- and post-game parties on Beale Street. It's all part of the Memphis Tigers basketball game day experience. This is the Tiger Basketball Podcast. What's happening, Tiger Basketball fans? We are back for another edition of the Tiger Basketball Podcast. I'm Mark Giannato, the commercial appeal sports columnist. I am joined by Jason Munns, our Tiger Basketball beat writer when last we joined you we said hey maybe if we come back here on this podcast a week from now and the tigers have won two you know their next two games after you know we were coming off those discouraging losses to uh yukon and cincinnati but if they won their next two maybe uh you know things would be totally different well they did they 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 were they looked like they might be able to pull it off there for a second they beat houston get their Arguably their biggest win of the year against Houston on set last Saturday, uh, but then have a setback at SMU where uh, the offense, you know, well, frankly, in neither game did the offense look great. Um, but they go one and one. They're nineteen and nine. They are, according to Joe Lenardi, one of the next four out of the NCAA tournament field. So on the outside looking in, probably six or seven teams ahead of them in the pecking order right now, heading into uh, a game at Tulane this weekend that, frankly, isn't going to really help you if you win, uh, but will obviously be, you know, just be an awful loss if you lose, even though it's on the road and Tulane isn't terrible at home. Um, And then you've got the closing two games against Wichita State at home and Houston on the road. I find it hard to believe they're going to get an at-large berth into the NCAA tournament at this point. But obviously, to me, the only the only scenario where they do get one is if they win their last three. Um, but Jason, I'll be curious what you think about this. I frankly think what we saw the past week, where they 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 beat Houston at home, get a get a win that was you know riveting and. It felt like salvation a little bit after a year that just really hasn't gone as planned. And then they followed it up with a loss at SMU where the offense looked awful and um, Precious Achua gets in foul trouble, um, rightly or wrongly, and, and it was most of those calls seemed bad in retrospect. Um but basically, you know, taking one step forward and then taking a step back. It just felt like it encapsulated it's, what this season is now. That's been the season in a nutshell. It's been it's been I mean, and you can really even throw in the ECU game, a team that they hosted at FedEx Forum that they should have had no trouble with whatsoever. Even though they won, um it wasn't easy. Uh and it probably and it should have been. Um but it wasn't. And then they host Houston and uh you know, it's a tight game, but they win. It's a, a team that was ranked number 22 at the time and a team that's at the top of the AAC. Uh, and then they go to, like you said, they go to SMU, a, a team that shot two of 21 from three and yet still somehow won. Um, shot 32%. The best offensive team in the AAC. You you ta- you really shut them down, um, except down the stretch they took advantage of some matchups. I mean, here's but, here's what happened in that game against SMU. Uh, yes, they shot nine and a half percent from three. Um, they had not they had not made fewer than four three pointers in a game all year. 
Um, and I'd like to go back. I, I should have gone back to see just how long it's been since they've made, you know, fewer than three, you know, two or one or two or none, uh, three pointers in one, in one game. Cause I bet it's been a while. Um, but, uh, they shot f- roughly 50% from the field other than, you know, from inside the three point line. So that was huge. Um, they shot 80%, 81% from the free throw line, which was a killer. And Memphis committed 21 turnovers. I mean, it had been yeah. six or seven or eight games since they had committed more than 16 turnovers. You thought, you thought, here, you know, they're starting to click. You know, they're they're beating they've they've beaten Houston. Um, they got that ugliness out of the way, uh, losing at home to South Florida, and then losing games they could have won at UConn and at Cincinnati. You thought they were starting to come together, but then what was it? Tuesday happened and it's just, yeah, those two games, you know, it's been, it's been the season in a nutshell. Yeah. That's that's been what it's been. And I mean, we can talk about, I mean, like let's, let's just be perfectly blunt. Their, their game against that loss at SMU was affected by the fact that precious Achua picked up two early fouls. um, The second of which was a bogus call. Uh, Without a doubt. Then he, you know, but I would contend. And I said this in the moment, it wasn't a foul. Like, you watch the replay, he got a clean block on that second foul. But one, he put himself in a bad position by picking up a ticky-tack foul on the first possession of the game on a three-pointer. Yeah, 30, Two, yeah. that was a drive to the basket where the SMU guy, it wasn't Precious's fault that he had a wide-open lane. The, whoever was defending the guy um, didn't, you know, got beat, and then the help, the person who was supposed to help didn't help. So it left... Precious as the last defense. And I would argue at the 16-minute mark of the first half or 17-minute mark of the first half, like, yes, he got a clean block. But in that situation, you're putting the decision in the hands of college refs who I think more often than not are going to make an anticipatory call there. Whether you got a clean block or not, they're going to almost assume that it's going to be a foul. And I just think it would. It's better to have Precious on the court for most of the first half than to give up that dunk. Like I would just give up the dunk. Looking, looking at that, I would agree with you. If we're if we're isolating that one incident mm-hmm. from that game, I would 100 percent agree with you. But that officiating crew was, by and large, awful all night. That charge that they uh, that that block that they called on Lester Quinones when mm-hmm. when. Uh, Shagwa, I believe it was. When they gave him a, they gave him a flop, a flop warning. warning. Yeah, and 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 Shagwa well, lowered I mean, his the fl- shoulder. The, the flagrant foul was terrible too. Like that was just battling for. A rebound. It was incidental. Yeah, that was just battling for a rebound. It was not. It's that that flagrant foul was a ridiculous call. No doubt. Um, and so that's what I'm saying. And then the like, goaltending call late another, was also ridiculous. Another horrendous and call. Based, Memphis, you know, they followed it to the letter of the law in terms of sure calling it a jump ball <laughs> after they reversed the call. But, like, if they had just made the call correctly to begin with, Correct. Memphis not only, st- you know, not only gets the ball back, has, like, a transition opportunity right. there late. Right. And and it was, I, what, was it like a six-point game at that time or four-point like game, that. something Seven like that? Seven-point game, six-point game. They they were still in it. I They're, mean... And that, that call effectively ended the game. And those are just... A few of the calls that that went wrong. But here's what I would say. So here's what I would say. And we've learned it throughout this season. 
And if you I, like, frankly, go turn on any college basketball game. There's bad calls in every game. I would agree. Like that's just part of basketball, and like that's why you can't commit 21 turnovers. It's why you can't have an offense that scores 53 points. Um, like they held them, they held SMU to 58 points. You should win that game at home. Yes, on the SMU like, you at home. Win that game. Um, you did everything you needed to do defensively. And then, honestly, the thing it, I found most disturbing, and I wrote this in my column, was what was said after the game. That was very, um, uh, <laughs> like, like, there's there's no sugarcoating I mean, that. here's the quote from Lester Quinones, and, and it was troubling to me. More troubling than the offense, more troubling than the turnovers, more troubling than the, the poor officiating. Lester Quinones says, I just feel like we didn't come out with the same fire and desperation that we did uh, against Houston, and it was kind of felt in these last two practices the past couple of days. I feel like we just expected as a team to come in and this to be an easy win, and it definitely wasn't just going on the road in this type of environment. I feel like we didn't come ready to play, and that Penny- shows me they have not they have not learned anything from the season. Like how how could you come into this game thinking it was an easy win when one SMU went to FedEx Forum and beat you a month ago, two since Conference play began. There's been Nothing's no such thing easy. as an easy win. Like what? What gives you like? Not Tulane. What, not East Carolina. Not USF. Like Temple was the closest thing to an easy win. But like, not, nothing's been easy for this team. It's just it's mind boggling to me. And I don't think Penny was telling them this was going to be an easy win. I am certain that the coaching staff was telling them, you know, like was telling them the right things. At the same time, the fact that these kids still think this way, the, 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 the sense of entitlement in that statement, I mean, that's a I, – I don't know. You know, To me, it's an indictment on the entire program, on the entire operation this year, that they can still think that way when they are essentially a 500 team in the American Athletic Conference. It's like, pretty, yeah, it's scary. And then the I other mean, revealing quote. Penny backed it up. Penny, I, I don't know if that's what you were going to say, but Penny backed up Lester's quote by saying we weren't ready to play, or, or you know they they thought it was going to be easier, whatever he said. He kind of agreed or, or you know yeah. reiterated or whatever. Like, like I, I I made the mistake of not following up with Penny there. Like I wanted to ask him specifically, like how did how does it make you feel that you're that like because Lester was sitting right next to him that he's saying something like that. Like they're playing for the NCAA tournament lives, and apparently they just thought it was going to like. That's crazy to me. I, it I, just shows me, like, that's what's most troubling is that, like, you know, like a week or two ago when they're at Cincinnati and Penny was, like, saying, like, people, they're grow- they're maturing, they're growing, and people aren't giving them credit for it. Like, that's not growing. Like, they, like I, I mean, like, that's, that's, that's what's troubling about all this is that this group has not learned its lesson. Right. And it's, it's strange. I hope, I hope, I know he said it, but I hope for his sake that he was just on autopilot because it was 1130 at night and they had just played a long tiring game and he just 30. It was after 11 when they finally got into the, it was like around 11 I into the sure. room. I mean, it was late. So I, I hope he was just kind of like on autopilot and he didn't actually mean what he said, but he no, said it. I, he I said think, it. No, I think, I think he was being, I, I respect his honesty. I do too. But the honesty but it's reveals that like, yes, there's, there's like I, I really think it's an indictment on the entire operation. Like I don't know if it's the coach's fault or the player's fault, but like the fact that they still are talking and thinking that way, 
that they're so they're high and they're they're you know they feel like they're they're better than anyone in this league. That's that's just bad. Like better than anyone. Not they are better, but like the fact that they haven't been humbled at all by any of this. Yeah. Is weird. Well, well, here's a question. Well, and here's but here's the other quote I thought that was very revealing. It was none of it was actually accurate, but it was very revealing. It was Kendrick Davis from SMU said Penny Hardaway got six five stars over there, and nobody talk about they losing. And it was in it was in the context of it was he was SMU was coming into that game the other night on a two game losing streak of their own. And he said the internet and there had been basically... rumblings on the internet, social media, message boards that like they had given up on their coach and, and he's basically saying like, you know, everyone you know, that was not true. We hadn't given up on our coach and now that we've won a game, everyone's gonna jump right back on the bandwagon, you know. And now that statement, you break it up into two pieces. Penny Hardaway got six five stars over there. They have one five star left. It's mm-hmm. Precious Achua. Yeah. And he's playing really well. Right. Um, had 17.7 rebounds in 19 minutes, um, and then the, and nobody talk about they losing. Well, he hasn't. Kendrick clearly has not been in Memphis lately because a lot of people are talking. about Well, it's them. not just in Memphis. I mean, yeah, like, people around are, the country. I mean, like, like people are talking about them losing. So nothing in that quote is accurate. Yeah, but it is very revealing because that is how the rest of the league thinks about this team. They, th- you know, like they think they're a bunch of entitled young kids. And the fact that this team has not realized that, like teams are coming into these games against Memphis, trying to teach them a lesson with a chip on their shoulder, and the fact that this team, Memphis, has not con- has not realized that and consistently played like that, like against Houston, they played like that, but we it's been sparse, if you will, and yeah. so, um, I thought that was a very revealing quote, and I hope if I'm Penny Hardaway, I'm reading that to the team this week to kind of illustrate like listen like you you think you can get away you think you can get away with just playing hard and this team has played hard most of the year but there's only been a few games where they've played desperate Tennessee Houston and that's what they that's what they need they need to they need to play desperate these last few games they need to play desperate in the AAC tournament, or it's not going to go the way they want. And I, I'll say this: like I think this past week showed, defensively they are good enough to beat anyone in this league. Like they are that good of a defensive team. The problem is they are that bad of an offensive team that they're not good enough. It, they they can't string together multiple wins because they can't score enough. And that's why I think one probably their best bet. Like, do I think they're going to win out their last three? No, I don't. Um, and so probably, given that, their best bet to make the NCAA tournament at this point is to win the conference tournament. But again, I don't I – don't, I, again, I could see them beating a Houston or Cincinnati or Tulsa or anyone, SMU, anyone in the conference tournament in a one-game situation. I don't see them winning multiple games in a row. I don't think they have the offense to do that. Yeah, and so um, that's where we're at with them. They're 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 a team that's they're they're flawed. And and Penny said they're angry, but uh, you know it's it just feels like a team that it hasn't. You know, like Penny talks about growth, and I just don't know if they've grown the way you want to see them grow. And maybe maybe it's going to take an off season reflecting on 
what's happened this year to humble them a little bit. But that that quote by Lester was disturbing to me. Is there, it just it raises the question: Is there a disconnect because Penny, after the win over over Houston, said point blank and quite earnestly they're not going to need any extra motivation or they're not, you know, like they got run out of their own building. Well, I'd say it's probably a function of youth. Like they're, they're, they, they, it's a function of these guys don't respect the teams they're playing. Even after, even in the face of being humbled, they sh- <laughs> like, I, I, it's interesting. We had Fran Fraschilla on our, that feels like more than show yesterday. And like my personal feeling is, is like yours. Like at this point, you shouldn't be talking like that. But Fran's point was, you know, and Fran sort of agreed, but also said, like, this is, you know, what, freshmen think they're high and mighty until they go through it once. And re- he's like, I guarantee you a year from now, Lester isn't talking like that. And he might be right. And maybe this is all just a function of youth. But I, I don't know. I, I It felt like to me, like, this has been the message since the summer, even when James Wiseman was here, like we need to humble ourselves. Yeah. We need to be unselfish. We need to, you know. I mean, you say that, but then you look up at with point now seven we're in with point seven seconds left in the game, and Lester Quinones hits a three, and he's strumming the guitar. Yes, I like mean, that was, yes. like, what are you doing? You're down. You're still down five. Yeah, with point seven seconds left. I, I mean, like, there's nothing humble about that. Yeah, no, there's just a, not. It's a good point, and um. There's nothing team about the, that, the, and the the problem is is like at this point, twenty eight games into the year, right? There's no excuses. There's, well, there's no excuses, but you're also not going to be able to change it. Like it's too late. It, I guess. This team is what it is at this point. Yeah. Like to expect them to flip, like flip a switch right. and become some, you know, you know the the team that a team that the team that they need to become to really actually make a run. Like, it's too late for that. Like that, it just does. That doesn't. Ha- it doesn't happen like that. It would have happened already, and so now we're here, where you know you've got a you're 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 at a point where it hasn't been a total. It's been a disastrous year in the context of the expectations. Yeah, right. Um, but it's been a good year. I mean, it's still like you, you, it's been fine. It's I mean, by Memphis's standards, like like let's be real. Like the University of Memphis basketball program. In an era where there's been no NCAA sanctions, there is, and this is not just Penny, there is no universe where they should miss the NCAA tournament six years in a row. Right. And that's what we're looking at right now. Um, like this program, there's too many resources poured into this program. This is too fertile of a recruiting territory. This is too, this, this program has too much history to be in this situation. But here we are. And again, not all like a majority of this is not Penny Hardaway's doing. I mean, this is the this is this is years, uh, you know, the the this is the years of decline under Josh and then Tubby um, that c- helped create all of this. And so, but at the same time, I think we need to, there there needs to be some reflection on Penny's part about what what he could control this year. Which again, like like I think, for instance, Lester's this team's mindset going into these games—that's something Penny could control. And 
that's that's the point I brought up a week ago when I said he wasn't above criticism. Like I don't think he should, I'm not saying he should have taken this team to the NCAA tournament in its current form. I'm just saying when you look at individual things that have happened throughout the course of this season, if this group, and when I say group, I mean coaches and players, do not grow from this, it is not going to be beneficial to the program because there are things that happened that were out of their control that caused this. There are also some things that were in their control that caused this. That's why I just wonder if there's a disconnect, Um, if there's some sort of um, just gap uh, between the well, cl- clearly the message is not is not getting through all the way. I mean, you, you listen to Penny in these post game press conferences right. where he talks about they have this plan. Like he feels the offense is you know like oh. they have a good offensive system, but like the statistics do not reflect that. And over prepared and, um, and and those sorts you know, of things. The turn they you know they're always talking about the turnovers and they're always talking about you know getting good shots and being unselfish and then it doesn't translate to the game. And again, some of it is a function of just being a young team. Yeah. And so you hope a year from now when all the, you hope this group is back or most of it is back and you've added a couple like I think I think this year is illustrated roster management wise like everyone's talking about Greg Brown, Jalen Green, like these fre- Musa Cisse, these these potential big time freshmen they they could bring in, they better bring in a transfer too. Yep. Like I, I I think that's a I think you need some more experience on this team. Well, Isaiah Stokes will will yeah yeah Isaiah eligible. Stokes, but he has never played a major role on a team before. I know. Like he's kind of like Lance Thomas, like right. in terms of experience. Like yes, age wise, he is. Uh, Age-wise, he's experienced, but like in terms of college playing experience, he's not that experienced. Like you'll have, you hope Alo and Tyler are more experienced. Same with Lance. Like they've they're now have gone through a full season. Um, you hope you've got they've gone they've gone through two full seasons, if you will. Yeah. And then you've got you hope Lester and you know you, like hopefully out of Boogie and Lester. Um, and DJ, like I think you're gonna have a transfer too. That's and not not just not because that it's toxic or anything like that. It's just like that's college basketball. Yeah, like, yeah. and so out of like, let's say you return out of the out of out of your freshman boogie DJ, um, Malcolm, uh, Damian, Damian, and Precious. Like you're gonna lose Precious, yeah, and and you're probably gonna lose one of the other four as well. Like let's let's yeah. Like that's probably. I don't think that's crazy to that, you know. Assume. So you're like out of those three who return from that collection or four that return from that collection, um, they'll be a year older, and so hopefully you know, and hopefully they've learned from this. But very clearly, what Tuesday showed is they haven't learned yet, and so we'll see. I mean, do you think they can win out? That's what I was going to ask you. Um, can, gut, they? Yes. My, can they? Yes. Can they? Yes. Can they? Yes. My gut tells me no. No, I, yeah, there's no um, way. My gut tells me no. Like, yeah. I, I, I find it hard to believe they're going to win at Houston. I could see it. That you know, you hope they win at Tulane. Although I think that's going to be a tougher game than people are considering, because I mean, Tulane just beat that SMU team yeah. at home. Yeah. Um, right. And KJ Lawson's going to come out and try to score thirty. Like yep. he is. Like yep. that's what's going to happen in that game, and they're going to have to weather that. It's a weird atmosphere there. At Tulane, 
Um, so I don't think that's going to be some easy. Like if they're going in thinking that's going to be an easy game because Tulane's record, I think they they'll get humbled again. Yeah, to no be doubt. quite honest, no doubt. Um, I I would I would hope I, not hope. I, I mean I think they can beat Wichita State. Wichita State is you know it's a home game. If you beat Tulane, they'll you, you'd hope they they'd have to play they have to play desperate though, just yeah. like they did against Houston. They have to treat it as though it's the the playoff. But Wichita is a flawed team as well. They're like oh, a yeah. bubble team. They're like they're the equivalent to Memphis, especially sure. when they're on the road. Yeah, for sure. Um, so and then the at Houston game is going to be tough. But so the and, question is, and then I do think though that lost SMU. Really hurt their chances of getting a first round bye in the conference. Oh, I do too. Yeah, yeah. Now you're now you cannot win a tiebreaker with SMU. No, you will not win. You a have tiebreaker. to pass them. You have to pass them or be in a three way tie. Right, right. Like, like that's that's the only scenario in which, um, like they are essentially two games ahead of you in the standings. Yeah. SMU. So let's pretend they went out. They win these next three games. Is that enough for an at large? Do they get back in position with, you know... I think even if you win out and go to the conference title game and lose in the conference title game, I think you're sweating it out on Selection Sunday. I think you're right on the bubble. See, because... In, I, in, I'm not in, saying you're out or you're right. in. I don't know. I, I would go into that selection show going, I don't know. And I think they'd still probably be headed to Dayton or something like that. Yeah. So let's just say that scenario that you just threw out. You you win these last three games. Um, let's you say you don't three, get a bye, and you win three, games and you win three. So that tournament. puts you at twenty five and ten. Again. So, but but you have to look at it like this. Like if you win out, you're essentially getting a quad two win and a quad one over Wichita, a quad one win over Houston. You're getting a win that doesn't matter in the first round of the conference tournament. Let's say you're the five seed, then you're probably playing someone like Wichita. Or you're probably getting another quad two win yep. in the in the quarterfinals, and maybe a quad one. Only if you're fa- I mean, honestly, it, uh, in a neutral site, the only team that qualifies is Quad One. Well, Wichita would. They're top fifty in. in well, and so is Cincinnati. Net. They? Yeah. So let's say you could maybe get, let's see. Cincinnati right now is. Now Cincinnati's outside the top fifty, so right now that would not be a Quad One win on a neutral site. Wichita is. 46 so they're right on the edge so on a neutral so you're probably getting one quad two win and two quad two wins maybe a fringe quad one win and one quad two win in there and in there um and then you're losing another quad one let's say quad one game right in in the conference finals but again i would reiterate what i said i think i said this a week ago. i've said it on the radio for sure Recent history suggests that the yeah. conference tournament results do not get teams in the tournament. They improve seeding, right? More often than not, like you know, it gets you in the tournament if you win the conference tournament. But like more often, more often than not, playing going on a run to the finals in the conference tournament as a bubble, t- and maybe you know, maybe it can bump you up from being off the bubble to like last four in. Mm-hmm. But it's not going to help you. As much as you might think, because they are the committee is going to look at it within the context of the entire season. Yeah, um, 
and it's it's essentially a three day three days of a three or four month season, right? You know? And right. they're going to look at it in that context. Sure. Um, so, like I said, I, I think if they win out and they go to the finals of the conference tournament. I'm not. I think they could make it. Then it's in a that coin scenario. flip. It's a coin flip. But I think you're going into that selection show going, "Oh my gosh, are they going to make it? Are they not going to make it?" Like they'll probably either be one of the last four out or one the of the four last in. four in. Yeah. Like that's that. That's the situation they're in. So frankly, if you get to that conference tournament final, you just you got to win it. Just, you know? yeah, yeah, you might just as well win it. And, win it. Um, and it's not that. It's not inconceivable. I just think. The last week showed us exact like this is what this team is like. They're gonna get a big win here down the stretch, whether it's over Wichita State. Maybe they can win at Houston. I think they'll get a win that's like a a good win in the conference tournament. I just I, they have not proven to be consistent enough or focused enough to back you know to to, to do, do that, that multiple yeah. times in a row. They, yeah. you know, like well, I just find that hard to believe. One last thing to keep an eye on. Or an ear out for, and we're gonna. Uh, I'm planning to ask Penny about this. We didn't get a chance to do it after the SMU game, just because we only got him for like six minutes. But and he was pissed. Oh yeah, like he wasn't in the mood. <laughs> he to be, was not in a great mood after that game to be talking really about anything. But um, the, the 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 word is starting to get out there that they're that that DJ Jeffries is about to be looked at and, and evaluated. I've, I believe he has a doctor's appointment next week. Right. Yes. John Martin uh, reported that I believe on he tweeted that out uh, earlier this week or last week or something like that. Um, so and then you had somebody on your show not long ago who said I can't I can't remember who it was but they were talking about you know if if all you can get let's say if all you can get is like eight ten minutes out of DJ Jeffries in the conference tournament that's better than nothing number one. Well, and it gives you some. I mean, frankly, it gives you some more depth when you, if you run into a situation like, like you did against SMU, where yeah. Precious picks up two quick fouls, it gives you another body, his versatility. Now, the question is, let's say because Penny did talk about DJ, I believe after the Houston game, was yes, it? yes, and he said this is it's looking more like the six week right in the four to six week range. And that means six weeks is the middle of the conference tournament. And so No, it's the first game. Like he he hurt himself on Thursday. That's what I mean. And it's six like, weeks it's, would it's, be the first it, it, day it, of the literally six weeks would be would be then. So like to me, the only scenario I see happening let's let, let's hope if the doctor's appointment goes really well next week. I still don't think he's playing against Wichita and Houston. No. I think you're using a week to – he's so like, going to need at least a week to get, like, you know – To build his to stamina get, up. And, to get, you know, like, and, and the other thing is he's going to be dealing with some uncertainty with the knee. You know, like yeah, he's got to be yeah. confident and comfortable in right, the knee. Right, right. Um, but, yes, maybe you can get him back for the conference tournament, and maybe that gives you the boost you need to go right. on a run. right. Uh, so that will be interesting to watch. Yeah, just something to keep an ear out for. Um, at the same time, to me, if I'm DJ, and I have a future to think of, not just this season, if there's any chance I could aggravate that knee injury by playing this quickly, if I'm advising him, I know it's like Memphis fans might want him to just do it. So like. Up. Rub some dirt on it, but I, I, I think if there's any chance of reaggravating the injury, 
I, I, I'm not playing. I agree. If I was in his uh, yeah, shoes, for I'm sure. Not totally, just totally forthright. Now, if the doctor says, you know what, everything's good, like you're not going to re. You, the only way you're going to re-injure this is if you like, you know, twist your knee up again, which is just you know you could do that in any game, right? Um, but I want to make sure this thing's completely healed before I'm coming back. If I'm DJ, I agree. We'll see. He hasn't been on crutches the last couple weeks. He's actually been the like uh, like when the team is not out there going through its own drills. He's actually been out there sort of dribbling around. I mean, he's it's 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 well at half speed. Like it's yeah. nowhere close to to full go or anything like that. But he is moving around. He's he's uh, he's not using crutches anymore, like you said. And well, hopefully, maybe I mean this team could use some good news. So hopefully, the right. doctor's appointment goes well, and. Uh, I mean, we'll be back on this podcast next week. Maybe uh, let's see. To the Wichita game's Thursday, so yeah, it'll be earlier in the week next week. We'll be talking again. Yeah. Um, so uh, till then, J- Jason will be in New Orleans this weekend, uh, covering the Tulane game, uh, and then obviously a big one against Wichita State next Wednesday. Correct? Is it Wednesday? Thursday. Oh, it's a Thursday game. March fifth, or is that Wednesday? No, March fourth is Wednesday because that's my birthday. Oh uh, well, happy no, early it's birthday. not birthday yet. It's oh, still well, February. Um, <laughs> but okay, so Thursday. So maybe, maybe we will wait until our next podcast until after the. Maybe we'll join. Uh, should we do one next week? Early next week? I think so. Okay, we'll Don't do you? one ahead of the Wichita State game. You're gonna get. You're gonna. You're gonna hear us a lot over the next five six days. But yeah, so. Jason will be down at down in New Orleans for the Tulane game. He'll have tons of coverage on commercialappeal.com. Make sure you're checking it out. Um, till next time, I was Mark. I was joined by Jason. Thank you so much. And uh enjoy uh the weekend and uh have fun in New Orleans if you're if you're going down there with the uh, with the Tigers as well. The Tiger Basketball Podcast can be found each week during the regular season at commercialappeal.com. You can also subscribe for free to the Tiger Basketball Podcast on Apple Podcasts and Google Play. I'm Sean King. The Tiger Basketball Podcast is a production of the Commercial Appeal.